this is your show. You can giggle, whatever. I just was curious. <laughs> it's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to succeed, to learn, and to listen to loud music. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hey, hi, hey, whoa, I'm Rob Stenzinger, whoa! <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> yeah! What's up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I suppose that's that only coming? fair. Okay. <laughs> I suppose that's only fair because <laughs> I did not see that coming. And you um, don't know what the topic is for tonight because I wouldn't tell you. So I suppose no. it's only fair that you surprised me just... <laughs> with your intro. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Because I'm going to surprise you with the topic. I, I look forward to the surprise. <sighs> I got your that, heart moving. You, you didn't totally I? got my heart moving. That is that is fantastic. Mm. Well, this is a little bit of a um, little bit of a surprise kind of topic episode, but I think it's going to be fun. And I did this because I just want your like initial thoughts and your initial reactions. I didn't want you to have a lot of time to think about it. Mm. Yep, that that can happen. I'm not sure why, but because when you hear the topic, you're going to look at me really funny. But um, we're going to talk about space. Space. And I don't mean um, like this is your office space. Okay. I mean outer space, hmm. like up in the sky hmm. space. Sure. So here's why. We talk on this podcast a lot, right? Science. We talk a lot about science, but we hmm. also commonly bring up things that around NASA and things that are going on in different um, satellites or different um, rockets. We talk about a lot of that stuff. And so I thought mm -hmm. it'd be kind of fun to, to, devote, to devote an episode to the topic. Okay, neat. But I just want to talk about... If there's one thing that's best about science is, is improv science. <laughs> so, heck yeah. Let's, let's see what happens if that I remember. Right, okay. Well, so uh, with, the, the, yeah. That's what I was going to say next okay. is this is not like a quiz or... Um, like a factual thing, I'm going to mm. ask you a bunch of questions and, and I'll answer the questions as well. Yeah, okay. Around cool. kind of what you think. So, for example, why, as humans, do you think that we explore space? Or why do you think we're so fascinated by space? We have television shows about it, movies about it, mm. books even. Well, I think it's a. I mean, okay. I would say there's unlimited possibility as far as why people are attracted to the idea of space. I think the idea of space and how our planet sits relative to the things up in the sky has changed a lot over human history. Like our assumptions like would, would get changed quite a bit. <laughs> our over assumptions time. changed it. Yeah. As, you as, started that sentence with our position relative to the things in the sky has changed a lot over time. I know. Well, okay. About the, the story that we told and right. what we thought was true, right? Yeah. We, you know, thinking that the Earth is uh, the, what the helio center of the, the world. Yeah, exactly. Center of the world. Listen <laughs> to me. This is going to be very scientific. What's up, Earth? You think you're so big? You think you're the center of the world, <laughs> Earth? Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. Right. So. A lot has changed, like in our knowledge and understanding, yeah, from kind of the early stories. But we've always, it feels like there's always been stories about mm -hmm. the sky and you know, yeah, 
So, I mean, so your question was, what, why do we think, why do you think it's so fascinating? Because I think there's no, why different do we explore reasons. It? I think because well, we give, we use stories to help create context and meaning for past and future experiences. So we had an explanation that was totally wrong and then it improved over time. And that wasn't a smooth process. But then I think being born into the age, I think it depends on when you were, you know, when you came upon this information, right? Well, so I'll, me as a child, I remember roughly, you know, second grade age mm-hmm. being super, like that's where I'd, I, I'd, it was one of my peaks as far as being fascinated by, by space and, and um, anything from our solar system to, and I didn't really totally understand anything beyond that really but so do you remember but, though, uh, what but then was... think of that though like hold on like I, the, the feeling that there was a knowable path through this giant um thing bigger than me it's like the the that, vastness of it yeah it is vast but it is knowable somehow and that's that was exciting like so the but that's very different. I mean, so that's where I mean, just me and my tiny lifetime or whatever. Um, well, but that's what I was asking. I mean, you yeah. answered exactly what I was going to ask you next. Okay. Is, you know, what do you remember about those feelings? And I think mm. that's really interesting and really cool. And I think that I'm reading this fascinating book about kind of why we get stuck in the thought patterns that we get in. And the person writing the book is likens everything back to like our ancestors. And, Hmm. and so, you know, we get, you know, this thought pattern could be related to, you know, early human survival, right? When, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, and I think to myself, what was it in early human survival that had us, this is going to sound very poetic, look to the skies, you know, um, was there something in the skies that helped with our early human survival and that we, then needed to kind of learn more about it. And again, we learned that the earth is rotating around the sun by mm. studying it. We learned, you know, we started with kind of these things. Sure. Observations and testing our ideas based on the observations and, yeah, and scientific method. And people navigating Helping. the seas by mm-hmm. the stars. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, that's, that is some survival. Mm. Uh, I mean, isn't that the incentive of the pursuit of knowledge is to gain some advantage and benefit that maybe is related to competing for resources or is just about the, uh, the experience of the new where, where now you get, because of your, uh, your knowledge in navigation and using, using the stars and maps and the, Mm -hmm. the tools necessary to, to make use of that. Now you have this other power. You have this ability to explore the planet and then get back home. It, that's just crazy to me. Uh, it's so wild. It, so, I mean, it depends on what you're in. I think whatever, you could have a variety of motivations or things that you feel naturally incentivized by and still, f- you know, find behaviors that lead toward, oh, I care about things in the sky. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the things that fascinated me early on, um, and this is a little bit meta or tangential. Okay. Because I was not super fascinated by the solar system or the planets or or Mm. any of that exploration. But what was fascinating to me is how did somebody figure that out? And so take any of it. Like Mm. how did somebody figure out how to launch a rocket into space and have it orbit the earth? Mm. 
to me, that's where I got fascinated is how did you go from not having any idea to knowing how to do that? You know, and granted, I get that it's a, a longer trajectory than that yeah. or a longer kind of path of information and knowledge. But that's the part to me that was so fascinating is how did somebody figure that out? Uh, what's funny is we know, we know a couple of pe- people who wrote a book on rockets that's, uh, that's for science com- comics uh, um, published by First Second. And uh, it's uh, Anne and Jersey Drozd. Yeah, yeah. So they wrote a they wrote a really fun book, um, graphic novel that uh, is is told from the point of view of animals that were used in testing and learning about. Yeah. Uh, the uh, let's see, I guess safely exploring related to or safely as one could be pursuing mm-hmm. such dangerous things um, to to create and make use of rockets, right? Yeah, and. I mean, to eventually end up, um, you know, not to spoil the book or whatever, but it, but where it Spoiler starts, alert. it talks about the, um, I think, Curiosity Rover is where somewhere in where, toward the end of the book. But like, that's quite a progression to like, yes. you know, be able to not just achieve, you know, a liftoff, not just orbit, not just return return and whatever. I mean, to go all the way to Mars with a vehicle. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. And I mean, and it is truly just uh, not 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 in a diminutive like oh, it's just blank, right? But it's the pursuit of knowledge through the scientific method and and building and building and building a body of uh, experience and techniques to you know that that have enough proof to feel confident until they get slightly refined and slightly disproven and stuff over time because right. through uh, you know through. Uh, ongoing peer inquiry and all that where it just it becomes more and more uh, reliable and mm-hmm. repeatable and so things that typically that, that seem to be based on the hard sciences benefit from that because the phenomena are mo- way more t- repeatable uh, so things like physics that's a huge part of of rockets and awareness of space and position of planets and whatnot right. too. But then also chemistry where it's like we have a, an idea of based on the, based on how light changes when it passes through the atmosphere of a planet far away and how our telescopes, uh, I think both on the planet and those that are in orbit can uh, observe this. We, we know based on how, um, what do they call it? Is it spectro- spectrography? Spectrography? I don't know. But, the, but the idea it. that the that light passes light is affected as it passes through chemicals and whatnot, and you can understand the chemical makeup of things and whatever. So we have the idea of like uh, of like what the atmosphere is of a planet when when it's we haven't touched this planet. It's super far away. We don't know. But like, and again, that's because where I go. Of, how did somebody figure out how to do that? That I love that part of it. Yeah, me too. And I, you're really. Um, you're really great at this because you're just leading me right to my next questions. <laughs> so well, I love, so you might not get to prep ever again for the podcast. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Frodo. Like, <laughs> I, like not prepping is kind of fun. Um, um, so what are some things that you think we can learn from all of this space exploration? I mean, you've talked about some things, but what are things that you think we as humans are going to be able to figure out or I don't know, is there, or maybe is there a learning that has always fascinated you that came from 
hmm. our pursuit of space? I think we can, we can pursue learning, and that's, that's worth it on its own. Oh, yeah. Like the learning across cultures because of this shared common ground in, in science and the, and the pursuit of knowledge and how you could have a different cultural basis that brought you there, but then you still can collaborate and contribute and have others contribute to your knowledge even though you you do you worship different things and tell different stories to your children or um, believe whatever, you can still work together because of the um, this I guess like like really trustworthy body of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's not preventing you from it. It's like literally it exists, and there's nothing that stops you from participating in it. Also. Where oh, no yeah. one can say like that, um, you know, we can try to make it hard to discover things. So others pursuing, I don't know, different capabilities in science have a harder time getting there, but they will probably get there if they continue to pursue it and are um, doing so skillfully through the scientific method. It just, they'll end up there yeah. eventually. And uh, let's see. And so I feel like things like our, our like our space program. If you look at, if you look at, um, let's see, the pursuit of. And so I'm not going to be whipping off the cough the cuff, you know, different projects and whatever, very well. But like even like space shuttle or the International Space Station and all these different components that are mm-hmm. built by uh, different countries, different space programs, right. and this is this. Um, it's a wonderful place for us to behave differently than sometimes we do normally when we right. compete just through economics. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from company to company, from country to country, the different, you know, kind of air quote competition that happens where this does seem to be a unifying um, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about, so when I think about kind of what's going on in the work being done and and the, the travel to space and the different science and experiments, and we've talked about some of them on on the podcast, Mm -hmm. I really hope that there can be things um, that they figure out. um, And you know, a lot of the stuff, sometimes it's figured out on accident, right? They're trying to solve one problem and they come up with kind of a solution for another problem. You hear stories of this all the time, but Mm -hmm. I really feel like um, I have hope like in my, in my heart that some of our environmental concerns, that maybe there's something that they can do studying, again, these other atmospheres, studying different things, um, you know, on the different planets is to try and figure out how maybe it can help us here on Earth with um, some of our environmental concerns. I hope so. I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, me making something up, but... it's What's tough is that we have competing systems with, with different beliefs and incentives and behaviors. And so you have the um, political system, economic systems, and, and, uh, and, and you know, science, knowledge, academia. So you, you have right. the, the, the citizen scientists and the, you know, the, um, those in, in, um, in, you know, in their institutions and whatnot. And a lot of times there can be common ground and collaboration, but sometimes there's competition, especially when you get into political interests and, um, and business interests because it's a different system of it's different incentives and people are willing to be driven by those incentives instead of learning. And so I don't know right, where, where, sure. Um, prioritize. I mean, I don't know either. I don't have crystal yeah. ball. I'm just telling you my, one of my hopes. 
I think, yeah, I think if we embrace it, include it, include it more, we'll, we'll probably benefit more sustainably and be able to make, make adjustments. Um, even acknowledging that even saying, I don't, I don't know, I'm making this up, but like industries that brought us to a certain point, we can thank them for their service and help them not just crash and fall over dead. We can probably find a way for them to gently land and maybe transition or whatever, just collectively saying that, well, we all got here on generations before us and shoulders of giants and all that. So how do we make this okay? Which we should apply that also to many other problems and things (laughs) that we've caused in humanity, such as, um, just reparations for slavery and whatnot. Like we've done some really not okay things. Thanks, yep. And we could uh, not run from that. Yeah, absolutely. Accountability so, is important. Yeah. I'm going to change. I'm also, gonna... you know, cooperation and, and, and the desire for sustainability yeah. on all sides, right? To say that, well, we're all here sharing this, you know, this life experience right here and now. Yeah. And it's not about saying, well, now that the power shifted, I get to do the punishing. Oh goodness. No. So let's, yeah, let's not just switch, like you play musical chairs. Who's the punisher or not? Absolutely. You went like in a different direction than I thought there, but I like that. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to improv. I know. Right. (laughs) So I'm going to take another (laughs) left turn on you. Okay. Might be a right turn. I'm not sure what, you know, I don't know my right from left. So that's, that's a a quirk you have. It is a quirk with me. Mm -hmm. Um, would you travel into space? Oh boy. Uh, ye- conditionally, yes. So if if there's sort of some space tourism, right? Yeah, I would love to participate in that. Um, would you live on the moon if they put a, a I, I guess we call it a colony, an arcade, a colony? Yeah, <laughs> they put an arcade on the moon. Would you go? <laughs> I think probably yes, because that would mean a lot of stuff is set up. Yeah. Right? No, like if they built a hotel on the moon, would you? Yeah. Would you go or if there was, you know, yes. apartments? Yeah. Would I really? Would I pay to drive a dune buggy across the surface of the moon? Yes, I would. Really? See, I'm yeah. like, mm, I'm good. I'm good right here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know. It's like, I'm a very earth-centered person, though. I don't even like to fly in an airplane. Like, yeah. I like to have my feet firmly planted on the earth. Mm-hmm. Barefoot in the grass, if possible. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like, that's just kind of how my spirit works. But you would, you would do it. You would go to the, you'd go to the moon. To ride a dirt bike on the surface yeah, of the moon. Yeah, dune buggy. Also, dune buggy, yeah. Dune buggy and a dirt bike. Yeah. I mean, whatever they have. I'm, I'm not picky. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, I... I what about ho- Mars? Hopefully it'd be... Mars, that's a bit far. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's that's a lot longer commute. That's a, a bit yeah, it is a bit longer commute. But yeah, do you think that you would go like on the moon for a while and then bop to Mars for a while? Yeah, there's no real bop to Mars in our current capabilities. I know, so, but like, I get to make stuff up. Know, These are my if questions. If there's a cowboy bebop jump gate, yeah, sure. Oh. Yep. Sorry, now the song's in my head. Yeah, okay. it's a good song. I'm not going to sing it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that we should... Now I'm going to get political on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Do you think that we should colonize other pla- – and I hate that word colonize. I just don't know what else to call it. Um, but do you think that we should colonize yeah. other planets if we can? Hmm. If we can, should we? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, real, it's a real ethical conundrum. You know, it depends on uh, – I imagine – an ethical framework could exist for that to be okay to do. And that might be lazy of me. I don't know. But like, it could there be decisions to say that the, evolution, the evolutionary path of this planet versus the, um, the interventions we would bring and how we'd change it? And let's mm. think this through yep. and be very thoughtful about where we would go to actually... Um, have new human populated planets I think that's possible to navigate but um, I think it could be carefully done you know yeah. it'd have to be it would bring with it its own challenges I mean humanity yeah. has, has shown um, okay are you ready I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump again okay yeah do you think that there are other sentient life forms out there like, uh, I don't mean, like, do you think, are there, like, single-celled yeah. organisms on, you know? Uh, I mean, it's killing me. So this is the lack of preparation where it's like, I know different things, but I have a pointer to it. And I don't remember its name. There's oh. a paradox. There's a paradox that has three different branches to it. And it's sort of a, um, and I think in some ways, through storytelling, Peter F. Hamilton's books, uh, explore this. Okay. So it's the idea that, oh, I'm sorry for, for people who are listening to the podcast going like, oh, come on, Rob, it's so-and-so's paradox. I'm sorry. But like you can have, um, so if you, if you think about the life span of the universe, how long it took to evolve humans and all that, it's yeah. it's quite possible that others, other sentient forms exist. And the question is, it's like, what, at what level of capability are they and how would they find us or we would find sure, them or whatever. Sure. And it's kind of, um, and like, why would they care? So a lot of, um, you know, like w- during the, um, uh, during the oil crisis of the 1970s, there was, you know, science fiction was all worried about aliens are coming to take our gasoline and stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm paraphrasing. I never actually saw close encounters. I don't know. Um, I know me either. So yeah, there's I like can't, a I can't there's lights, a stack of mashed potatoes, and I don't know what else. But is there a swimming pool? That's is that cocoon? I have no idea. Wilford Brimley selling uh, oatmeal and swimming pools. Maybe maybe yep. that's it is. We're really we're really knocking it out the park yeah. tonight, aren't we? Um, yeah, the, these commercials for these movies left an impression, but phew, never yeah. saw the movies. Me either. <laughs> so okay, um, why would they? If they existed, what would they do then? We don't know. We don't like. How do you know? Like what you know, the alien well, psychology and all that kind of stuff. And like, could we do anything about it? All that. But it's, you know, it's reasonably likely, given the the billions and billions of planets potentially you know habitable that we can we've seen so far, and that number seems to increase. Over I time. think um, I like to believe that there are other 
life forms okay, on so other you, planets. Yeah. So for you, is it a is is it a poetic thing or is it like what? Yeah, yeah. It's not based on science. It's just me and my little brain. Okay. So poetic is a so. Nice why way haven't to put they it. reached out to us? Well, I think that I don't think that they're like us, but I think similarly, there is a, a natural drive for exploration. Um, but there is such vastness that it, you know, we just haven't met yet. Oh, okay. You know, they're they're exploring, they're learning, we're exploring, we're learning. We haven't gotten that far. Mm-mm. You know, we've gotten to our moon. You know, we, I mean, we've put some stuff on Mars, right? But sure. we've got some well, satellites I'm, going out there. Exactly. Voyager 1 and 2. Yep. Yep. I guess I'm thinking, you know, physically people. Exa- right. People have not commuted very far. You know, which yep. is all right, because again, which is all right. Lots of problems to Earth. solve. I mean, turns out, I mean, humans in space and lack of gravity and stuff, it it messes with us. Yeah. We need to, yeah, figure out a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I'd like to, I like to believe though that there are other um, cultures. I don't know if that's what I'm going to call it. Other cultures out there, hmm. other beings out there that are um, they're exploring too. And I don't think that they're exploring to find us. I don't think that they're coming for us, mm-hmm. um, for our gasoline or our oil or, you know. Our sweet cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that they're, that we'll bump into each other hmm. or figure out that we think each other is there. Hmm. Yeah. And that will be a heck of a collaborative moment. Right? Yeah. We're going to need to have our things figured out. <laughs> How best to collaborate. Uh, that's a that's you could that's teach them. Oh, right. <laughs> so we need some dry erase boards, <laughs> some, some post-it st- notes, sticky notes. Yep, they're not paying us. Oh, that's right. Sorry, some sticky notes <laughs> and some three uh, by three square sticky notes. And uh, you know, and we we can we cannot be you know um, marker ableist or whatever. We have to figure out whatever, however they would want to make markings and observe things or whatever. Maybe we're putting little sound orbs, orbs in space. I have no idea. But then we just invent whatever it takes to communicate a progression of ideas and our, our um, individual and collective goals and how do we proceed together. I think you need to create some marketing materials for this. So is this, uh, this might be a fun, like design fiction exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How do you do a design workshop, AKA collaboration Mm -hmm. with beings from another planet? (laughs) Wow. I like it. Okay. I have one more question for you. Okay. Do you think that we have ever encountered alien life forms? So AKA area 51. Do you think anything happened there? Have you ever studied that or have you ever read any of the the books or anything about that? Um, oh, there's an awesome Megadeth song about it. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're well-versed. So I'm pretty good, yeah. Thoughts. I'm up on this. It had, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an awkward video where the, you know, all the band members are shirtless and sweaty and jamming in a, you know, in some kind of we'll link concrete, to that in the show notes concrete thing, <laughs> but like uh, it it rocks it really really rocks. Um, so did it convince you that we have come in contact with alien life form? I love the stories. I love the idea that mysteries exist and they do, and 
um, some that are concerning that really we better put some time and attention to. Things like, I mean, it's where I think product, uh, a productive place for that would be, you know, stuff colliding with the planet, like looking at. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Errant um, asteroids and, you know, comets. So worth our time. But actual uh, um, a being flying a thing and, you know, showing up and somehow they messed up and we somehow got a hold of them to poke them with stuff. I, you know, pretty sure we wouldn't be doing the poking. <laughs> you don't have a lot of faith in us. If they, if I have they lots were... of faith in us. I have huge, immense faith in humanity, but like you can be caught flat footed and sorry, someone driving a spaceship to us right now. We're pretty flat footed. Oh yeah. Getcha. So, getcha. Would we would we somehow find a way to adapt and and you know adjust? I think we could. I mean that's our that's our essential our essential strength. But lots of us would be explored by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> you believe that there's some type of probing action that would happen? I mean that's just such a science fiction. I no. Land. I I that probe is your language. <laughs> you brought up the probe. I was talking. I'm thinking about. Did. I'm talking. Maybe I did. <laughs> so they they would analyze and scan us and whatever, right? Yeah. They and have the advantage X-rays, because of a little MRI machine. Ridiculous imbalance in technology and capabilities. Yeah. If you're you're going intergalactic um, and or yeah, sorry, there or even within our our galaxy. Yep. They are going to be quite capable. So, uh, what was Megadeth's take on it? Did it happen? Not happen? Oh, I have to think about it. Welcome to our fortress town. Take some time to show you around. Possible to break these bars for sure. The sea steel is much too strong. Um, so they are. Um, they're kind of bragging. It's almost like a tour of the facility, and uh, yeah, it, but. So they think you know there's something there. And yeah, they got some, to see something's it. locked up and and they got and to being see it. Managed. Yeah, and they wanted like, to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's almost like you know giving a tour to high up military ranking officials and all that. Yeah. But like, I don't believe in the song. There's any sort of big interaction or whatever. It's just like Area 51 is pretty fancy and 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 awesome. Nice. Nope. Hangar 18. That's funny. So I associate oh. that song. That's funny. I'm sitting here playing it in my head. It's Hangar 18. Um, Hangar 18. I don't know what Hangar 18 is. I think it's, but it's meant to be, I'm pretty sure it's associated with Area 51. I don't know. I always imagined that in my head. Hangar 18. Uh, something I know too much. Yeah, so they hint that like there's secrets there and stuff. So I don't know. I always associated that song with Area 51. That's interesting. Hangar 18 off of Rust in Peace, which of course we'll put a link to the sweaty video. <laughs> All right. I have one more thing I'm going to share with you and we'll link to it in the show notes. That's so fun. We're going to put a link to Megadeth in there. Okay. Of fair course enough. we are. Yeah, nice. All right. So um, NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter, a satellite going around Mars, mm-hmm. captured lava rock on the surface of the planet. Hmm. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to ask you what you think it looks like. 
it's Pac-Man dying. No. You're funny. No, it's the Star Trek's insignia. <sighs> the surface of the planet Mars has a Star Trek insignia on it. They've been watching Star Trek. The Martians have been watching Star Trek, and they built a little monument for us to find. I think they were playing Pac-Man, and they're just bad at drawing. <laughs> anyway, NASA's laughing. And they said, dunes, lava, and wind are responsible for this curious shape. Hmm. Of course, everybody was having fun with it. It is fun. It's a pretty aerodynamic shape that is the, you know, the, I mean, it, it looks like a lot of stuff. It kind of looks like a tooth. It kind of looks like a hat. It looks like the Star Trek insignia. You're so funny. <laughs> it's like plain as day. We will link to it in the show notes and folks can... It's really important to question things. It is important to question things. And test ideas. What idea? Hangar 18 taught me this. (laughs) All right. Those were all my space questions that I have for you. Now I know that. Whoa, whoa. So hold on. So what about, so when did you start to have an appreciation for stuff that's past the Earth's atmosphere and be, um, I mean, I don't know, feel some kind of connection to it. I know you want to have your, you know, your your toes in the grass and all that, but like there's something else about Yeah, for me yeah. it's just it's the This is going to sound so dumb. <laughs> there's so much we don't know out mm. there and I love how people learn. Hmm. And I feel like it's an area where there's so much yet to be figured out. And so that's what's fascinating to me about it. But I also feel like I don't understand it very well. Like I don't understand, again, how do we put a rocket into space? How do we have all these satellites orbiting Mm. and some satellites falling out of the sky? Like that still freaks me out when I hear about, oh yeah, satellites, you know, get Mm. out of their orbit and fall to the earth all the time. And it's like, really? I've never seen one. Have you ever seen one? No, the Earth has lots of water. I mean, a lot of it's covered by by water, and you can simulate as far and have a pretty good idea when a satellite's going to actually bite it. But the um, so awesome question. So like the uh, or or questioning observations or you know listing yeah. listing things that are like oh that's kind of wild. Um, so those that's kind of how it has started for me. Um, you know. Yeah. And I grew up, as, as you are aware, with older brothers, and I had some older brothers that were very interested into kind of space. And mm-hmm. so when I was real young, I can remember we went to the Space Center, Kennedy Space Center in Texas, mm. and I can remember touring that. And or no, sorry, Houston Space Center is in Texas. Houston, there you go. I toured that as a child, and then as an adult, did the Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. So I've been through both and I just find them very fascinating. And and the scale of everything feels so different to me. You know, when you walk up to a rocket, you it's know. Big. Yeah, it's it, like the scale is like so... It's, like it's a lot of buses big. Yeah, it's fascinating yeah. to me. Um, and so I just, I've been sure. kind of interested in by it from those kind of, I think, two angles. One is kind of having those experiences early on as a child, um, you know, seeing some of this work being done in these, you know, amazing pieces and parts being put together. And then also just how do these people know what to do next? How do they know how to, where to start? Mm. 
that's fascinating to me. I guess I'm really fascinated by the people and the minds of the people figuring it out. Hmm. So, uh, that's it's that that's all really awesome stuff. Honestly, there's um, uh, I think the the overall Star Talk family of podcasts. I recommend you know mm-hmm. adding that to your uh, because because these things come up uh, as they chat about things like so star talk is a podcast that that purposely talks about you know science and outer space and they do it in the context of, of being entertaining Just like us. uh yeah they have <laughs> you know i mean so we're enthusiasts and we it's like everyone has permit like literally so we are enthusiastically exploring this and uh, in, in a way that's a modeling exercise that no one is stopped from exploring and appreciating art and science Absolutely, and that's the you know there's that's the punks. You're giving me an idea. You're giving me an idea for another podcast. <laughs> nice. Just another episode, not like a whole, a whole pod- new whole new. No, series. just another episode. <laughs> Sold. I love it. And um, okay, so let's see. You can pick up over time. The like, how does that stuff? How does that work? Sure. And, um, and then you know, there's always pointers to resources. There's always people that that encounter that that are in that social sphere and then you can start exploring and learning from them and like what they've published and shared and social media presences stuff like that so it's um the uh yeah and it's sort of the i don't i'm excited about like so i I've, i encounter this kind of stuff too in in let's see what's another podcast i listen to the um the hackaday podcast and recently they had a you know, they're sort of a, like a, a like almost like a like a engineering, you know, the website Tumblr, right? Yes. It's 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 like a hyper focused engineering hacker Tumblr. Oh, interesting. And, and, but like, but but big. Like, there's a lot of people who contribute to different blogs and stuff, and and put articles into their 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 whole ecosystem. And then the this podcast pulls things from that. And, and then some of it's from recent times, some of it's from past, just because there's so much and interesting, awesome things that, that, that uh, attract these, you know, the, the hosts who curate its attention. And one thing that they were talking about recently was, um, oh, is it, is it Elon Musk company or whatever? That's like SpaceX. The, one of the, um, I forget whose project it is, but they're putting in sort of a low earth orbit, um, a, a grid of satellites to be a communication network, which helps with... Is this the GPS in space? The GPS in space? You know they're doing that too. No. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. And GPS is coming to a moon near you, NASA again. No way. Yeah. They're, com- um, they're working with um, U.S. Air Force yeah. to, expend the, to extend the use of GPS in space. Dang. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's really cool. This is not what it, that. Oh, okay. So, Sorry. This is using relatively inexpensive small satellites that are fair, basically will burn up in the atmosphere after a small lifetime, but are constantly being replaced. And they form like essentially a strong communication grid that's not, that's easier and faster to use than something in high earth orbit, which is more stable and, and you know, stays up there a lot longer and, um, but it takes longer to communicate with, you know, you, you're limited by the speed of light as far as getting sure. information out and, uh, stuff takes longer to get to those high earth ones, which are, if it, you're, you're getting, you know, something sent to you by a satellite, like your local news or, 
you know, Game of Thrones or whatever, that <laughs> event ends up somehow getting streamed or whatever. I mean, of course, that's all, that's a different system nowadays. I don't know. But like, it, the, it's all, that's all last mile internet cache stuff. Right. Anyway, but like, I remember in the late 90s, I had, um, I had direct TV internet for a little while. Or was it early 2000s? Anyway, it's, uh, it was slow. But it was, it was kind of like I would request something, but then it would come at me fast after a couple seconds, right? And okay. it was because of the request for my computer and how, you know, all the, the like, actually, I suppose that went out through the phone line or whatever. But like, there was a lot of delays. And you're dealing with the, the Earth's atmosphere is one of your limitations. Anyway, um, I don't know. It's, it is fascinating. And like I, little, through little tidbits here and there following different sources, like it just, you piece together and, and gain some little toehold on, on like, like, I guess, new thresholds of appreciating the same things you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating to, to study or to, to listen in on, you know, I, to be, what did you call it? An enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. I think I find that fascinating. I guess, and I'm just, I'm enthusiastically sharing some of my enthusiasm and the <laughs> and having similar questions, and then when, and when it's it's neat yeah. when some of that comes up, and um, yeah, so yeah, the uh, Hackaday podcast and Star Talk. All right. Well, we'll link to those, and I'll mm-hmm. have to check them out. Cool. I think I've heard some Star Talk episodes just hanging around you. Yeah, it's a it's a nice show. I mean, it's it's um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, right, and uh, a com- a comedian show host, and then typically another scientist expert, and then TBD. It could be them plus audience questions, or it could be them plus then a yet another person that was interviewed by Neil, and they sort of cut back and forth between yeah. the panel and the interview and stuff. And it's just it's it's a really good format, and they do some awesome exploration. Well, exploration, that's what we've been talking about tonight. All right. What do you think? I mean, I think you did really well with my no prep episode. Super secret, top secret episode. Back at you. I mean, it's it's interesting because, yeah, that's a big topic. (laughs) I don't think we covered space. I don't think we did either, but I just wanted to get your ideas and I wanted to know if you would be willing to move to the moon. So now I know that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what's this mean? I mean, I didn't sign you up for anything. You're, you're not sending me to the moon. I, I was like uh, a, let's see. Space a, tourist. A was... tourist. So I also didn't sp- sign you up for that. Okay, fair enough. Phew. Yeah. I just wanted to know if you would want to do that. I. You do. I, you can't take it back now. You told me. Can't tourist. take it back now, partner. Tourist. 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 <laughs> yes. I'm not sending you off to colonize a planet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole other, there's a whole double meaning in there. Yikes. All right. I think we should move on to picks. I am dodging this one. (laughs) All right. Do you have an art pick this evening? I do. Do Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, as we do every week. Two enthusiast picks. So I have a lot of browser tabs. And I'm working on getting there. Ah, yeah, here we go. So one of the blogs I like is at uh, adafruit.com. I still think that's a funny name. I Yeah, phonetically, you're like, oh, you ate a fruit? You consumed a fruit? 
like in your digestive system. <laughs> but then there's... <laughs> no, I just think you ate a fruit. Yeah, Ada fruit. So no, it's it's whatever. It's Ada, Ada Lovelace fruit. The fruit of Ada Lovelace is computing, etc. Whatever metaphors. And I'm not their brand person. So anyway, there's they uh, know how we all say it. It's good. It it's I I I I enjoy their their store and their blog and all that stuff. They're pretty cool. So uh, they shared a post that was I think some kind of reblog through another thing that I you know I guess it was via some some place called Open Culture. And it's this um, very brief clip, only a minute and seven seconds, that talks about a creative process that David Bowie used. That oh wow yeah, and it's and it reminds me of something that I've played around with too, where he essentially has some things written down, and it could be transcribed from a diary, it could be just just you know it could be poetry or whatever. But then you take it and then you cut it up with a scissor, so you have it on printed on paper, and then you cut it up. So now it has, you've got maybe phrases, you got maybe words, and now you mix it up and you use it to inform what you do next creatively. Oh, interesting. So like, are you going to create a song with that? Are you going to create a poem? Are you prompting yourself as far as writing or explaining the meaning behind this? Now you're, you're doing, you're doing, you're writing a short story or whatever. It just, it's a neat process to sort of take some ideas and instead of having that linear I will write, I will think of my goal and I will write an outline and then I will take that outline and I will expound upon it and I will, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's, that kind of works. It's a, it's a reliable process. Yeah. But then this is like mixing it up and, and purposely putting you like, I don't know, maybe you host a podcast. Maybe someone says, I'm not telling you what the topic is. <laughs> I don't know. And then you end up just sort of working with what you end up you know, experiencing or seeing. And that's kind of what this is like. That's really It's kind cool. of like podcasting with you. It's <laughs> so I'm like David Bowie then. Sure. Yes. That's, that's really nice, honey. Be creative like, like David Bowie. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, I look forward to watching this video. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Do you know, did he use this process a lot or? So he described using it, um, that it would occasionally end up being fairly directly put into a song. But then it seemed like it was more about the indirect benefit of now he, you're, you're rolling with something, and, but you're still making, you're still producing something. Mm-hmm. And you produce, and things come out of what you produce. So then it's, it's, a, it's a way to just keep on, keep on making stuff. Yeah, not get stuck. That's awesome. That's fantastic. All right, I have a science pick today. A science pick. I do. And my science pick is something that we have been enjoying at our house um, quite a bit. Yeah. And my science pick are these little YouTube clips from a show on the Science Channel oh. um, called How, How It's Made. Oh, <laughs> okay. I am familiar right? with these. Yes, yeah. you are, because you've been you've been our curator of how it's made, I'm like a how it's made DJ. Yeah, so like how it's made. I want to say, yeah, how it's made has had twenty three seasons um, on the Science Channel. And, Holy moly! Yeah, and so you can like buy full episodes where they'll cover multiple topics in an episode. They'll you know probably do like three different things of how it's made. Hmm. Um, but we've been just watching like little three and five minute clips of certain things. And we've learned a ton of stuff <laughs> and had a lot of fun and watched, 
you know, um, how Necco wafers are made, how candy canes are made. A lot of candy. We like to watch how candy is made in our house. <laughs> sure. Um, how chocolate bars are made, how yeah. donuts are made. How ice cream sandwiches are made. Yeah. Um, but also how bowling balls was made. That was a mm-hmm. cool one. Yeah. Um, ja- um, pole vault. I shouldn't say javelins. Pole vault. Pole vaults, yeah. Poles. I guess, I don't know, I'm guessing that's what they're called. Pole vaulting pole. Yeah, I think the pole is the noun and vault is more of the verb. So how those are made, that was a fascinating one as well. Yeah. So anyway, that was my science pick. Oh my gosh. It was a really, I mean, it was a very big science What is pick. your favorite how it's made? Or like what, hmm. what sort of got you to say like, yeah, okay, this is a... I just think because we've been really enjoying them mm-hmm. and it's been fascinating. And I think one of the things that we like to to watch about it is the different machinery mm-hmm. right and what things are at least in these videos and some of the videos you can tell are, are pretty old or are older mm. but what things are automated by a machine and then when is there all of a sudden like a person coming in and like a person like on a conveyor line you know sorting neco wafers or sliding neco wafers into stacks yeah. or um putting the the little mini banana bread loaves in you know, on a on a conveyor belt in a specific <laughs> space, um, versus when the machine picks up you know forty banana breads at one time and puts it on a cooling rack. <laughs> so it's fun. Yeah, they're wild contraptions. Yeah, so it's fun to watch like the different machinery mm-hmm. versus when there's human interaction. In, in my opinion, that's one of the mm. things I really like. Is you know, in in the pole vaulting one too, there was a lot of a person doing a lot of things. Yeah, that's you know? that's neat. I, I guess I really I really enjoy that too. Hmm. What did we we watched one where it was a, a table? Yeah, that was had some inlay, had some uh, mother it, of pearl inlay. Yep, inlaid like sort of Chinese designs. And that was the most person intensive process I'd ever seen. It was very handcrafted. Oh, like, it was yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. A lot of times there'd be like a little flourish of handcraft or like, oh, this has a human touch because how could a robot do like um, like a chocolate swirl or something, right? And uh, well, yeah, I agree. The inlays were pretty intense. Yeah. So that's my science pick. Learn how things are made. How things are here made. Here on yeah. Earth. <laughs> how <laughs> things the, are made here Not the on moon. Earth. No. Nope. Not on Mars. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't get to bring up. I was going to ask you about the movie The Martian. Oh, the movie The Martian? Yeah. I And whether I or not it. you thought it was real. I liked was, it. Was that based on a real story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. It's um it's funny. I think the writer of that somehow I think it's Andy Weir. It he was a guest on Star Talk. Oh, too funny. Yeah. See, I should have brought Maybe it up. There would have been like this nice little yeah, I don't tie know. Tie up, tie together. Yeah, too bad I stopped Call recording. Back. Yeah, I don't know. This might make it in the show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's um, I enjoyed it. I mean, that's I mean, that's all about the the you know he, the human adaptation. Oh, it's it's a fantastic film. Yeah, I just remember when it came out, there was a lot of social media, whether it was real or just people funning about people thinking it was based on a true story. <laughs> Yikes. Well, and again, that could have been some just people trolling. Yeah, I think that kind of is. I mean, it's it's inherently humor trolling. 
I thought it was funny. Anyway, I enjoyed the movie very much. That's cool. Yeah, Again, me too. don't want to go to Mars. Uh, yeah, nope. That I mean, that movie is not the inspiring um, Martian tourism. tourism. Yeah, for me, the tourism it has to have an arcade and a dune buggy drive. So also the arcade. It's again like, w- is there sort of a reduced risk dune buggy and or motorbike drive, and also an arcade, which means there's probably great infrastructure. Right. Arcades help you are a hint that things are okay. Oh, okay. I get it. That's how you know. That's what, it's your litmus it's like, test. Yeah, people have fun here. And it's okay to sit there with a the machine and, and be like playing or whatever. Your back's to everyone. No one's going to like come whatever. You just, you get to play and have fun. Alien. It's a safe place. Yeah. So, okay. I would be, yep, fine. If an alien set up an arcade on Mars, I might get trapped. <laughs> See, now when they listen to our podcast, they know how to get you. Yeah, I know. What do you, uh, well, I don't know. All right. Keeping it real. Well, I think that I've now provided them the information they needed. So that wraps <laughs> us up for today. Thank you for listening and for being part of our art and science punks community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? So many places. Uh, two, in, two in particular, though. Um, so on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. Yet on Instagram, we are Art and Science Punks. And that's like our social media presence. And, you know, you want to engage with us there, right? Yes. Leave us messages. Ask us what you want us to talk about next. Seriously, though. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. What, who, communicate with us. You know, we, we want to hear from you. There you go. And you can find our podcast feed, which you've probably already found, at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can reach me at our Art and Science Punks Instagram or as Kate Stenzinger on Instagram. Well, and you can reach me on Instagram as Rob Stenzinger, and I'm on other places on the internet too as Rob Stenzinger. Keep building, making, and sharing. Yeah, keep on building. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You did pretty good. I was joining in with you. I didn't expect you to just bail. No. Keep it up. Oh, sorry, there's more. Yeah. Oh. We hoped you all enjoyed yourselves this evening. You don't just art, you got an art and science. Punk. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was good. That's pretty good. High five. See, now you're giggling. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. That you, was a giggle. You, you said funny things. I do say funny. In a funny way. <laughs> All right, now I, now I can actually title the episode so you can actually do it here. Back in my hole. Edit the episode.